Amen. All right. I want to draw your attention to verse 11 of Exodus chapter 3. Look at what Moses said. It says, Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And the title of my message today is going to be, Who are we to give the gospel? Who are we to give the gospel? I want you to notice in this story, we're going to kind of go through this story of Moses here. When God speaks to him out of the burning bush and God tells Moses, I'm going to use you to go and to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, we see Moses, he has several objections. He has several problems with God picking him for this great responsibility. And it's interesting because I believe many of the same excuses that Moses gives are some of the same excuses for why people don't think that they should, you know, that they're not the ones to go tell people about Jesus and to get people saved. It's amazing how many of us make the same excuses as Moses did. And listen, I don't believe Moses was lying when he was talking about his shortcomings in here. And we often, you know, we know Moses was such a great man. You know, we often just think of Moses as just this, you know, guy with this, uh, you know, we think of Charlton Heston as who we think of, you know, and Charlton Heston's got a cool voice, you know, when he was speaking. But, you know, Moses said he was slow of speech. Moses was not eloquent. That was one of the things that he brings up in chapter 4. You know, Moses was probably not this really impressive person, but yet we see God did great things with him. And I think it's simply just because he was obedient. And the truth is, in the beginning here, you know, Moses, he's just kind of being stubborn. He's being disobedient to God. And the truth is, if you're saved today and God is not using you to get other people saved, it's not because there's something wrong with you. It's not because you're just not eloquent. You're not smart enough. It's just because you're disobedient. That's all there is to it. And I want to answer this question of, you know, who are we? To give the gospel because pretty much any objection you can bring about yourself, you know, any fact you can give about yourself or about any of us, these things are probably true, but I'm going to show you from the Bible how they're just not relevant. Alright? They, they do not matter. They do not factor into the situation. And so, this, when it comes to this question of who are we to give the gospel, alright, and I'm talking to anyone in here who is saved, alright? If you're saved, this is for you, alright? Who are you to give the gospel? Well, first off, you are who God chose. Okay? You are who God chose to get this world saved. It was not, it's not your, it's not the great leaders of our society. It's not the politicians. It's not the presidents. It's none of these people. God chose you as saved people. He chose you to be the ones to go out and give the gospel. In John chapter 15, verse 8, Jesus said, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Now, I do not believe a person has to be a disciple in order to go to heaven. I believe a person can get saved and not be a disciple, not produce fruit. But you can't be a disciple and not bear fruit. If you're going to be a disciple of Christ, if you're going to get saved and then you're going to go and you're going to follow Christ, you know what you're going to do? You're going to bear fruit. You're going to be telling people how to be saved. You're going to be getting others saved and on their way to heaven. And you might think there's just no way I can do that. There's no way that I could go and I could open a Bible and I could show somebody how to be saved. You know, I'm too bashful. I'm not smart enough. They're going to ask me questions. I'm not going to be able to answer these questions. I can't do that. 
But listen, I'm talking to everyone in here today. You are who God chose to give the Gospel. If you're saved today, you are who He wants to go and get other people saved. When you got saved, He didn't just rapture you right then. He didn't just take you to heaven right then. He's got you here on this earth because He wants you to do something. He wants you to be a light. He wants you to spread the Gospel. He has chosen you to do this. And if you feel unqualified, if you feel inadequate, then truth is you're exactly what God is looking for. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. Let's look and see this because these are the things that people bring up. You know, people, and I've heard people before, you know, when it comes to just basic obedience to the Word of God, they'll bring up these little, you know, things about themselves. Well, you know, I can't do that because I'm bashful. Like, you know, I get an exemption. It's like all these people who, you know, they go to the welfare office and say, you know, I just, you know, I, I can't work, you know, because I have, you know, anxiety issues. You know, I get, you know, I get anxious when I'm put under pressure. Therefore, just give me a pass, give me a paycheck, even though I'm not doing anything, you know, I get this special, you know, I get this special break. And it's like we think God has the same mentality as our government. Say, well, I'm bashful. I'm not a good speaker. I'm not very smart. Therefore, I get a pass. God's not going to use me. God doesn't want to use me. You know, God wouldn't want me going out and giving the gospel. I'm sorry. I don't see where there's exceptions to this. But look what it says in First Corinthians chapter one. Because often when we say these things, people don't even realize they're outing themselves and showing that they are exactly who God wants to use. Look at this. It says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. All right? There's a lot of people out there who think they're smart, and guess what? They haven't found God. The people that our society today considers the smart ones, did you know they haven't found God? Did you know Stephen Hawking, who is uh, you know, considered the smartest man that ever lived? You know, you realize he never found God? You realize that professing himself to be wise, he became a fool. He was an atheist. He never got saved. He died and he went to hell. And you know, the world by wisdom knew not God. Why is that? You know what? Because God is not trying to be found in wisdom. God didn't want just the smart people getting saved. God wanted everybody to be able to get saved. And it was not God's desire for people to find Him through wisdom because when it comes to the wisdom of God compared to the wisdom of men, it would have made God sick to see people like us, as dumb as we are, we're not capable of anything. God who can speak the universe into existence, we can't speak anything into existence. We can't do anything. And then for us to think we've achieved salvation because of some knowledge of ours, that's just going to irritate God. And God hates pride. He hates that kind of thing. And so it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God said, you know what? I'm sick of these people on earth who think that they're going to find Me, that they can find eternal life through their wisdom when they're nothing. They're dirty. They're sinful. You know what I'm going to do? Here's how I'm going to spread the Gospel. Here's how I'm going to give people a chance to get saved. I'm going to make it so simple that just anyone can get it. In fact, I'm going to use something foolish. I'm going to use preaching. And what is preaching? That's just us... Proclaiming the gospel. That's what we do when we go and we knock on somebody's doors and we try to just preach the scriptures to them. We try to tell them about Jesus. We're just preaching. Okay? It's not like lifestyle evangelism that is some, you know, has some good psychology to it that, you know, if we just show people how impressive we are, if we just look good enough, 
if we just smile enough, people are just going to be drawn to us. All right, that might make some good psychological sense, but you know it makes zero biblical sense. It doesn't work at all. You know what works to get people saved is preaching the gospel. That's what God chose, and it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them, not that are good, not that deserve it, because there's none that deserve it but to save them that believe. I'm just going to save those who believe the Gospel. Those who will believe in My Son, that's who's going to get saved. And it says here, for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto Greeks foolishness. The Jews didn't like the method God chose. The Greeks didn't like the message God chose. But Paul said, that's the method that we're going to use because it's the method that God chose. And he said, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, unto those who are saved, said Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Why? Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and things which are despised. People don't like me. I wouldn't be a good one. I just, I'm not a good people person. People don't like me. Well, God uses things that are despised too. The, th- the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are that no flesh should glory in His presence. So that, folks, that covers pretty much everything. Whatever issue you think you have, whatever personality disorder you think you have, whatever just mental incapabilities you think you've got, do you all understand that when you make your excuses, all you're doing is proving you have all the credentials of being the one that God wants to use to get people saved? And why is that? Why does God use that? Why does God use unimpressive people, unintelligent people? You know why? Because God wants to get the glory. God has to get the glory. This can't be, you know, God's not going to use that guy that's just got this magnificent personality. That's just, I mean, just a people magnet. You know, that just super good looking celebrity type. You know why? Because then everybody's going to say, well, man, he's, that guy's getting a following because he's so great, because he's so talented. Listen, we're not supposed to be in this to get followings for ourselves. We're supposed to be in this to point people to Jesus Christ. And you know what? God uses people like us. And you know, there's people out there that they'll look, they'll see people like us go out soul winning. You know, when we go out soul winning, I'm just, you know, let's just be honest. I'm not trying to be humble or anything. You know, we're not like brilliant looking people. Alright? I don't see any of you all coming and think, wow, you know, I'm in, you know, here comes the brains, you know. We're, you know, we're all just, you know, we're not, we're not very intimidating. You know, we don't dress like we're real rich. You know, we're just, there's really nothing special going on here. And pe- there's people out there that they'll look at that. They'll see these people out walking like us and knocking doors, carrying a Bible. And they're thinking, you know, if they think that that's going to change anybody, if that's going to get anybody to heaven, they're crazy. That's just foolishness. Yeah, it's foolishness to the world. But it's exactly what God has chosen. And there's people out there, even religious people, even Baptist people, 
that act like that's not going to do anything, that that's not going to change anything. There's no way you're going to get somebody saved. You're going to change their eternal destination just by you going and knocking on their door and reading some Scriptures to them and them calling on the Lord for salvation. Yeah, actually, that's exactly what it's going to do. That's exactly what God chose. No, they've got to go and, you know, they've got to be, you know, they've got to have this emotional experience. They've got to just feel something drawing them to the church. They've got to come to the church. They've got to crawl on their knee, hands and knees through broken glass, come, you know, praying and begging and crying at the altar. And then they might get saved. We won't know until ten years later. Are they still serving God? Are they still doing the right thing? Then we'll know they're saved. You know, that, that would make more sense, right? To the world. Alright? To the wise, they might consider that, you know, that, that would be uh, more impressive to them. But is that what God uses? No, that is absolutely not what God uses. He chose something different. God uses the foolish things. Why? Well, that no uh, flesh of glory in His presence. Turn over to Acts chapter 4. Say, so, well, you know, we can't, so that, you know, there's no way Liberty Baptist Church, there's no way this group's getting as many people saved as they're getting. There's, there's no way. This group is not impressive. They're not very smart. I've listened to the pastor preach. He's clearly not super intelligent. I have people that point that out pretty regular. You know, my lack of intelligence, my lack of impressiveness and things like that. And, you know, I was just like, well, I'd, I'd like to argue with them when they say that stuff, but I haven't got a good argument. Well, I'll show you. I'll get. I'll, I'll respond with some really intelligent sentence. You know, after I look up several words in the dictionary, things like that. But you know, the truth is, I can't do that. All right. And all they're doing when they throw these insults my way is just show me I actually have the credentials. I'm what God wants to use. Because yeah, I'm none of those things. Let's look at who God used in Acts chapter four and verse twelve. Says, neither is there salvation any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Notice what they said about these guys. These guys, they're, they're, these are not knowledgeable people. These guys aren't smart. So guess what they did? When they see these guys who aren't very smart, who aren't very impressive, just boldly going and preaching the Gospel and they see people getting saved, you know what people did? They said, can't be them. Must be Jesus. And you know what? That's exactly what God wants. And that's and so God's going to use people that are unimpressive like us, people that you know haven't got a lot of money. You know, I haven't seen a lot of super fancy cars out there in, in the parking lot. And you know, you know, it's clear it's clear the money's not here. All right, and if it is, you know, y'all better you know start giving up. All right, you know, but it, you know, it, it's clear. All right, we are not the wealthiest church in town. I know of another church in town. You don't get to be a member of that church unless you're willing to give like five thousand dollars a year. And then you know what? And they're a bigger church than we are. I'm thinking, you got to give that much money a year to be a member, and they have more members than we do. What are we doing wrong? Is what I'm thinking. Can you imagine something like that? But yet, and the thing is, people do that because they want to go to a church that doesn't have all the riffraff in it. You know, and that, that's what they do. They want to go to a church with the impressive people. And guess what? It's work to do that. But how many people do you think they're getting saved in that church? I'll tell you how many. Zero. 
Right, these people are all on the way to hell over there. And so, you know what? You know, who cares about that? We're not going to do that. All right? We're not going to take up that just because it apparently is working here in town. All right? That's not what God wants because we want God to use us to actually get people saved. So you can talk all you want about how inadequate you feel, all your issues that you have, but all you're doing is telling me you're who God wants. Because guess what? If you really are sorry, pathetic, you're dumb, you know, you're not smart, you're not eloquent, it doesn't matter. The Gospel is powerful. It's the Holy Spirit that draws people to salvation. And when you are just obedient and you go out there and you tell somebody about Jesus and they get saved, guess who's going to get the glory for that? God's going to get the glory for that, not you. And that's exactly what God wants. So we are the ones. So who are we to give the Gospel? We're the ones who God chose. Also, we're the, one that, we're the ones who God is with. Look what God said to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 12 after Moses decides he's going to talk about himself after God tells him, hey, I'm going to use you. I'm going to go with you. We're going to get the children of Israel out of Egypt. And in verse 12, he says, he said, certainly I will be with thee. Okay? Moses in verse 11 said, who am I? And then God in verse 12 says, I'm going to be with you. I'll tell you who you are. You are somebody that's with that I am with. Therefore, you're good. Alright? You're fine. And you realize when we act like we can't do something, when God said He's going to be with us, we are making God look bad. Okay? If after church, if there was some bully out there, alright, if there was some bully out there that told Kyle that he was going to beat him up after church, and then I go out and I tell Kyle, you know what, you have nothing to worry about, I'll walk you to the car. And then he's just like, I'm still scared. Yeah, really? You think that you think that bully can take me? You know, I, I, I'm going to be insulted by that, aren't I? Hey, didn't I say I would be with you? If he's still scared, it's because he thinks that guy's tougher than me. Okay, and there might be somebody out there like that. But at the same, you know, I'm going to be insulted. But with God, is there anybody stronger than God? Is there anybody more powerful than God? Obviously not. And Whoever said that when we are obedient to God and God's using us, that it's because of us these things are being accomplished. God said He's going to be with us. So when we think that we can't get people saved, when God said He's going to be with us, we are showing our lack of faith in God. And you can act all you want like, no, it's a problem I have with myself. No, the problem is not with yourself. You don't have enough faith in God. You don't trust in God. God kept telling Moses, listen, I said, I will be with you. Why are you worrying? I'm with you. You have nothing to fear. And so the power that we have, it comes from the Holy Spirit. Look what it says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. You don't have to turn over there, but he says, Jesus speaking here, and he says, and this is right after he tells them to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus told them to tarry in Jerusalem until the Comforter came. And he said, When this Comforter comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to receive power. When that happens. And so, when it comes to giving the Gospel, the power that gets people saved, it does not come from us. It comes from the Holy Spirit of God. And there is no reason for us to doubt the power of the Holy Spirit of God. If He was able to use these unlearned fishermen in the book of Acts, He can use us today. He can use us 
to get a multitude of people saved if we will just be obedient and actually go and give the Gospel. It is, and it blows my mind how many preachers are out there today, how many churches today, I mean, they sit around and they are praying for revival. Just praying all day. They'll have all night prayer meetings praying for revival, and yet they never go out and actually try to preach the Gospel to anybody. You know, the problem in our church is today we just haven't got enough power. You know, the problem is we're not praying enough. We just need more prayer. No, actually, you need to actually go out and tell people, give people the gospel. They're at, they're, they're, it's like they think the way the Holy Spirit's going to work, we've got to sit around here, we've got to pray until we just get enough power. I'm going to go fast for 14 days. I'm going to pray all night. We're going to do like they used to do on the old sawdust trail. We're going to get some people down in the basement below us praying so that power you know, between them going to God just comes up through the preacher. And then I'm just going to preach up here in the pulpit. And we're going to get you know, 100 people saved. You know, the same 100 people got saved last week. You know, but at the same time, you know, they wonder, you know, where's revival? What's happening? We see in the Bible when that revival came, when the Holy Ghost came, they were going out and they're spreading the Gospel. And all these churches that are lamenting the fact that nobody's getting saved, that they're not seeing revival, they sit around, they pray all day, they'll fast, they'll, they'll, fast, they'll do all these things, but they never actually do what God said to do and go out and give the Gospel. And for preachers to be that way, for churches to be that way, to pray for revival and not go out soul winning, to do all these things that they do, that would have been like Moses after God told him to go to Egypt, deliver him, if for Moses to stay out there in the wilderness, to stay out there with the sheep praying every day for God to get the children of Israel out of Egypt. It would have been completely pointless. God didn't want him just sitting around praying about it. You know what God wanted him doing? God wanted him to go. Go get them. Go do what I'm telling you to do. That's what you're supposed to do. And we need to understand, we are the ones that God is with. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. Therefore, there is no reason why we should not be able to get people saved. We should expect people to get saved when we go give the Gospel. Not everybody's going to get saved. We get rejected a lot. But we should go with high expectations. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit is with us. If Kyle has confidence in me, when we go out to see that bully, he should have this expectation that guy's going to get his clock cleaned. If he thinks that, you know, if he's got confidence in me, and if we have confidence in the Holy Ghost, when we go out and we give the gospel, we're going to go out with this attitude that, man, if these people just listen to me, they're going to get saved. And that's the way I feel when I go give the gospel. To me, the biggest challenge is just getting the people to listen to me. I was like, man, if they'll just listen and, you know, give me a chance. They're going to get saved. Why? Because the gospel's powerful. But unfortunately, you know, most people they don't give you that chance. They slam the door in your face. But you know, you just go to the next one. And man, I'm going to I'm going to find that person. You know, and I see it too when I go out with Aaron. I love with Aaron. We'll go out. You know, we get to reject, reject. But I love it every time somebody tells him when he says, "Hey, can I just take a few minutes to show you from the Bible?" You know, and every time people say yes, he's like, "All right." You know, I see him. He just gets excited. You can just tell because he fully expects. People to get saved after he gives them the gospel. And it doesn't happen 100% of the time. It doesn't for any of us, but it often does. And we do. If you're a soul winner, you know you get excited when you get the green light from people because you're, you're confident that this message will get them saved. And it's not, you know, it's not because we just think we're that great. We, we understand who's with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. So 
You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna be good. So we are the ones that God is with. The Holy Spirit is never gonna leave leave us. Jesus said, "I will never leave thee nor forsake thee." In Hebrews thirteen five, it says that. In John fourteen verse eight, Jesus said, "I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you." All right. And what was he talking about? He's like, "I'm gonna come to you." Through the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. He dwells inside of us. And so we are not alone. And you know, we ought to have the same attitude when we go out soul winning. Imagine if you could go soul winning with Jesus Christ. Boy, we'd be really excited about that, wouldn't we? Man, I get to go soul winning with Jesus Christ? Well, hey, we get to go soul winning with His Holy Spirit, or at least you should be going with the Holy Spirit. You should be able, if if you have if you're you know walking with God, if you're right with God, the Holy Spirit now is able to work with you. That should be our attitude. We should, and if we would as confident as we would be, if Jesus was with us going soul winning, we should be equally confident when we know the Holy Spirit's with us. But sometimes we go soul winning in the flesh too, don't we? And when we go soul winning in the flesh, that's our fault. And we do. We need the Holy Spirit. We need His help. And we need, and we ought to have that kind of confidence in Him. And that's why you need to pray. You need to ask for His help, knowing that He wants to help you, knowing that He that He'll hear you, and so you can uh, see great things done. So, who are we to give the gospel? We're the ones God chose. We are the ones that God is with. He's not with the politicians. He's not with the lost. He's not with the smart people. You know, the great men or not. He's with us who are saved. And also, who are we to do this? Well, we are the ones directly sent by God. We are the ones that have been commissioned by God to give the Gospel. Look what it says in Exodus 3.13, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they shall say unto me, What is His name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And He said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. You know what Moses is doing? You know what God's telling Moses to do? Hey, if they ask, because Moses is thinking, why would these people listen to me? I'm just Moses. Why would they listen to me? And God told him, here's why they should listen to you, because I'm the one who sent you. I am hath sent you. You tell them who sent you. I am that I am has sent you. And let me tell you, who are we to give the Gospel? We are the ones who have been sent by Jesus Christ Himself. He has called us to do that. Therefore, we have great authority. You know, I've not been given any authority in this world to go and do certain things of power that I'd like to be able to do. There's some people I'd like to go arrest and throw in jail. Alright? But I have not been given any authority to do that kind of thing. I have no credentials. I can go and I can go and I can do a police knock on somebody's door real hard. I can say, open up. And I can try to do all those things, but you know they're going to look at me. They're not going to see a badge. I'm not going to, no judge is going to give me a warrant. I'm going to have zero credentials. So if I go to some, you know, some neighbor and I know he's a drug dealer or something like that, and I say, come with me, you're going to jail, he's going to look at me like, you have no credentials, you have no authority, I'm not going with you. And you know what? When we go out and we preach the gospel, people often kind of have that attitude of, you know, all right, who are you? And, and that's a legitimate thing, you know, who are we? Wait, who is this guy that's coming and telling me I need to get saved? I need to go to heaven. Well, let me tell you exactly who I am. 
I am the one holding the Word of God right here. The Word of God has sent me. The Bible says, go into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. Jesus Christ Himself said that. Jesus Christ commissioned me to do this very thing. I'm the one that has been authorized to do this. Not lost people. Not anyone else. Not the government. It's not the government's responsibility to spread the Gospel. It's our responsibility to spread the Gospel. And you know what? We are the only ones that are going to get it done. That's it. It's only going to be us. We're the only ones that are going to get it done. I don't care who we elect as president. We are not going to have revival in our country because of anybody in Washington, D.C. If people are going to get saved, it's going to be based on what we do. We have been commissioned by God. We are the ones with the authority to do this. And a soul winner carrying a Bible is packing a great deal of authority. And we and people should listen. You know, I can I can ignore the authority of the policeman that comes to my house. I can try to ignore that type of thing if I want, but it's going to get me in trouble. And you know what, people? They can try to ignore us, and they can you know they can ignore these soul winners that just packing a Bible all they want. But you all realize they'll go to hell for that if they reject the message that we are bringing to them. That will get them thrown into an eternal hell. So, uh, you know, I, I think there should be more, you know, credibility, more credentials. No, this is what God chose. Right? This is the method that God chose. We are the ones that have been commissioned to do this. And you know what? We can go wherever we want, whenever we want. Bible said, you know, Jesus said, "Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature." You know what? I'm sick of this attitude that many Baptist people have. That you got to go get permission. If we're going to go soul winning in another town, have a soul winning marathon in another town, we got to go get permission from the pastor of that local church. I don't need anybody's permission. I've been commissioned by Jesus Christ to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You all don't even have to have my permission, right? If you want to go knock doors in another town somewhere, go ahead and do it. Okay? You've been commissioned by Jesus Christ to do that. Now, Maybe we could have some say about if you're going to use our literature, you know, putting our church name up. If there's somebody here that maybe we think's an idiot, you know, we don't want them representing our church, we might tell you, okay, hey, if you want to go soul winning, knock yourself dead, but don't use our tract with our church name on. All right, you'll embarrass us. But if you're truly saved, you know, you can you can go take a Bible and go witness to whoever you want. And we've got nothing to say about it. If some other Baptist church comes here in town and wants to start knocking doors in this town and telling people how to get to heaven. I'm not going to get offended by that. I'm not going to get bent out of shape. But a lot of, a lot of preachers do. And I, I think that's pathetic. And I think that's just dead wrong. And I'm getting sick of preachers asking me whenever they hear about a souling marathon we're doing in another town, so what church are you working with? Well, I've worked with these churches, but a lot of them don't want to. So am I supposed to just let these people go to hell? You know, we're going to go wherever we want. End of story. Where's your, where's your authority? Matthew twenty eight eighteen. That's all. That's all the authority I need. And you know what? If I want to cross borders into another state, if I want to cross country lines and go to another country, we can go wherever we want. And did you know when we go to these places, we can we can actually get people saved wherever we want. Now sometimes I might be nice if I go to another town. If there's a church there, a pastor I know, I might say, hey, you guys want to work with us, whatever, just to be nice, just to be polite. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to let them tell me you can't go to this town. I think that's just ridiculous. And it's a, that's a bad attitude 
We've been commissioned by God. We've been commissioned by Jesus Christ. I don't need permission from any popes or archbishops or anything like that. Alright? So, we've been sent directly by God. So who are we to give the Gospel? We're the ones God chose. We're the ones God is with. We've been the ones who God specifically commissioned. We are the ones that have been given the authority to do it. And we have all we have been sent to go to those who are in the bondage of sin. Look what it says in verse 15 of chapter 3 in Exodus. Like what it says here, And God said, Moreover unto Moses, thou shalt, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and have seen that which is done unto you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, I want you to notice this here. How he, he goes, he's like, he's like, he has to tell them what he's leading them out of. You know why? Because while these people were crying out in their bondage, it's very clear when you read the rest of the story, some of them didn't think it was that bad. When they had their first challenge, their first challenge is like, let's go back to Egypt. Alright? Often they were like, we'd have been better off staying in Egypt. Did you know there's a lot of these people, when we go and we knock on their doors and we're to try to give them the gospel, they're not looking for deliverance. They're not looking for salvation. Many of these people are happy in bondage. And you know what sometimes we've got to do when we give people the Gospel? We've got to wake them up and say, hey, you're in bondage. You're in sin. This sin is going to cause you to end up in a place called hell if you don't get saved. You need to be delivered. Not everybody that needs to be delivered knows that they need delivering. And we see that Moses here, he had to tell the people, you need to be delivered from the bondage that you're in. You need to be delivered. You need to be taken from here to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And sometimes people need to find out. We have to remind them, or we've got to let them know maybe for the first time that they've ever heard it, that they're on their way to hell, but there is a heaven that they can go to. But you know what? They've, somebody's got to tell them. And that's exactly what Moses did. There were people that were looking for deliverance, but some weren't. Some didn't really care. And even the people who did, who were crying out, is just because they're complainers. Alright? I mean, there's all kind, you know, most people in this country think they need deliverance. Deliverance from the bondage of financial problems, you know? That's why they're always going to these Bernie Sanders people and want, you know, wanting them to just give them stuff. You know, going to the politicians and things like that. You know, they need stuff, but you know what? Most people don't know what they really need. What they really need is Jesus Christ. And we've got to tell them that. And these people that were crying out in Egypt, most of them probably didn't even know what they were crying out for. They just knew they were miserable. Moses comes along. He says, hey, you need to be delivered out of Egypt and you need to be taken to a land that's flowing with milk and honey, a land that God has chosen for you, and you need to come and you need to follow Me. But some people prefer the bondage. Some people are going to even hate those who try to help. In John 7, verse 7, Jesus said, "...the world cannot hate you, but Me it hateth, because I testify of it." that the works thereof are evil. So some people aren't going to like it, but it's just our job to shine the light. So here's the thing. So when we go out, what if they don't believe us? Look at chapter 4 of Exodus. Because this is... And we don't have time to read this whole 
passage here, but Moses says, hey, you know, what if these people don't believe me? I'm going to go tell the children of Israel that they need to come follow me, but what if they don't believe me? Alright, and what if they say the Lord hath not appeared unto thee? In verse 2, and the Lord said to him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he cast it to the ground and cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And then God does another miracle where Moses sticks his hand inside his clothes and then he pulls it out and it's full of leprosy. And then he does it again and then all of a sudden it's clean. God's showing them these miracles. He's telling them, if they won't listen to you, show them these miracles is what he said to do in this situation. And you know what? Many people that are out there today, they are not going to believe no matter what we do. They're not going to believe no matter what we say. Unfortunately, we don't have the ability to do miracles and cool tricks and things like that to impress them. But you know what? The truth is, God has given us something to show people. Alright? It's not a rod that we can turn into a serpent. I personally think that would be pretty effective. And so would the Jews, because the Jews require a sign. Alright? But God doesn't use that, does He? You know what God has given us? I really wish we had a rod that could turn to a snake. Alright? That would be an effective method. I bet everybody would listen to us if we knocked on their door and we showed up and then we threw a rod on the ground and turned to a snake. Actually, they'd probably run in the house, shut the door, but I don't know. So maybe that wouldn't work. But either way, that is not what God has chosen to use. So what has God given us? We need something, right? God's actually given us something very impressive, something very powerful, actually something we should be more impressed with than a a staff turning into a serpent, and that's this. This is what He's given us. He's given us the Word of God. He's given us the perfect, inspired Word of God. It's just a book. Well, listen, what is in this book, it will save people's souls if they will believe it. And you know what? You can say you don't like that. You can come up with a million other reasons why you think something else would be more effective. But this is what God chose. This is what God uses. God uses the Word of God. And you say, well, now I think people would believe miracles better. And I'm going to admit it right now. I personally, a part of me, agrees with that. I think a staff turning into a serpent should be effective. Alright? But let me ask you this. Did it work for Pharaoh? No, actually it didn't work for Pharaoh. You know what the Bible also says too in the story of the rich man and Lazarus? When the rich man went to hell, what did he say? Hey, send Lazarus. I've got five brothers. I don't want them to come to this place of torment. And and Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, they won't believe. But he said, they'll believe if one rose from the dead. Moses said, or uh, Abraham said, if they won't believe Moses and the prophets, they won't believe even if one rose from the dead. So you know what? I'll admit it. Yeah, I think you know a part of me says a staff turning a snake would work, but the Bible says it wouldn't work. If they won't believe one rising from the dead, they won't. That won't work. You doing a magic trick at their doorstep, that would not work. God has given us this. And it's amazing how many Baptists who don't, you know, who aren't ever getting anybody saved go soul winning and they don't take one of these with them. Right? That doesn't make sense. Alright? And it would have been, it would have been foolish for Moses to go and not take his staff with him when he went to Pharaoh when that's what God gave him. Alright? And you know what? God gave us this to go, to use when we go and spread the gospel and, and to, uh, to show our credibility 
And if people aren't going to believe that, they won't believe anything. And so, what if we don't have the necessary skills? If you read chapter uh, verses 10-17 through 17 of chapter 4, we see Moses starts talking about a slow tongue. I'm not eloquent. I've got a slow tongue. You know, the Lord, Lord said, you know, who made man's mouth? You know, who maketh the dumb or the deaf? And you know, God, he get, he's getting mad at Moses here. He's getting mad because Moses is back to talking about himself again. But the truth is, Moses' problem was he was just being disobedient. You know, and there is there's only one skill that we need to have, and that's just the ability to be obedient. That's all that, that, that's all you need. You just got to be obedient. It was Jesus that said, "Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature." He didn't say, you know, go to Bible college, go for four years so you can learn how to give a good soul winning presentation. Listen, there's nothing wrong with learning. There's nothing wrong with some kind of training to help you get better at things. Nothing wrong with that. If you want to read a book on soul winning, watch a video on soul winning, nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, what you just need to do is just need to be obedient and actually do it. The reason people aren't getting people saved is just because they're not giving the gospel. They're not going out. They're not preaching the gospel. Therefore, people are not going to get saved. And, it, and it's interesting because uh, well, let's turn over to Matthew 28. Let me show you this because you know I, I'm probably reading into this a little bit, but I believe Jesus was there speaking uh, speaking to Moses in that burning bush, and just like Moses, you know, he keeps asking God all these questions. What about this? What about that? And Mo, you know, and you know, he's giving Moses all these things, just kind of arguing back and forth with him. It's like Jesus, when He commissions us to go to all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature, it's almost like He answered the question before it even got asked that would naturally come up. In verse 18, it says, "...and Jesus spake unto them, All power is given unto Me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations." What's he doing right there? He's telling them, hey folks, I've got all the power, I've got all the authority, and I am telling you to go. That's what he's doing right there. I've got all power, I've got all authority, you, go. You're supposed to do this, and all God needs from us is obedience. All the po- He has all the power, He has all the authority, He has given us the clear instructions of going and preaching the Gospel to every creature. He's told us it can be done without any power of our own, without any skills of our own. And therefore, we should have no doubt in our minds that when we go out, Bible in hand, knocking on doors, preaching people the Gospel, there should be no doubt in our minds that people are getting saved and their eternal destination is being changed. Why? Because we have all the power and all the authority that we need. Why? Because Jesus had it and He gave it to us. There's no doubt about it that we ought to be able to get this done and see great things happen. And what God needs from us, God needs obedience and then He just needs us to be faithful. He needs us to do it and then He needs us to keep doing it. That's all there is to it. You know, don't just go do it one time. Okay? If you do it one time, good. You were obedient one time. All right? But no, keep doing it. Be faithful to it. Keep it up. And if we can do those two things, then we will be able to do great things for God and see many souls saved. 1 Corinthians 4, 1-2 says, 
Moreover, or it says, let, or let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. A steward is somebody that's been put in trust of something that belongs to somebody else. If you give me your money to control, I am now a steward of that money. Okay? I'm taking care of something that is yours. This power, this authority, this gospel that we have, that it belongs to God. It's His, but He has given it to us to use and to do great things with. Therefore, we are stewards of it. And you know what it's, you know what's required of us? Faithfulness. God wants us to be faithful. And if you will be faithful, you will be able to see many souls saved. You will be able to bear much fruit. I believe in 2019 we're going to see more people saved than we saw in 2018. We saw a lot of people saved in 2018. Uh, you're, you're, we're just Liberty Baptist Church. We're a small church. We got nothing special. We got no special skills. You know, nothing that you know. We're not the best looking. Not the best anything. Yeah, but you know what? We've got every credential that the Bible talks about. God is with us. We have all authority. We have all power. We've got the Holy Spirit. All we've got to do is just do it. And we'll see great things. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You so much for Your Word. Thank You, Lord, for using uh, using us, dear God. We thank You so much. It's a privilege and it's an exciting thing to be used by You, Lord. There's people all over this world that would be tickled pink, Lord, that they would be thrilled to death that they were ever commissioned by the President or even the mayor of their town to do something. But Lord, we've been commissioned by You. And that beats anything. That beats any honor we could ever receive from anyone else in the world. And so, dear God, I pray You'll help us to just be obedient to what You've commissioned us to do. I pray You'll help us to be faithful. And Lord, I look forward to just seeing many great things as a result. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand. Let's close with... uh,